Greetings, podcast friends. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, and I'm delighted to welcome you to Wisdom from Above. This podcast is designed to help us move beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. This wisdom from above is revealed in the Bible. Season 10 of Wisdom from Above is a series of episodes with special emphasis on practical Christianity. It's, it's a series of how-tos and practical truths. Today's podcast looks at God's plan and who God uses. I really hope that the truths we discover in this episode will encourage you as much as they encourage me. Early on in my ministry, I attended a pastor's conference in Chicago, and I heard Adrian Rogers say this, God has a marvelous plan of using ordinary people in an extraordinary way and bringing all the glory to himself. His message was a huge encouragement to me, and I have used his message as the springboard for developing this message over the years. So I want to give Adrian Rogers credit for pointing me to this passage and the truths it contains. How many of you have been members of an honor society? How many of you have been voted most likely to succeed? How many of you have been president of your class? How many of you have been recognized for your business in Fortune 500? How many of you have been recognized as one of the 10 most powerful people in your country? How many of you have been honored for outstanding leadership? How many of you have been listed in who's who? How many of you have been listed among the multimillionaires in the United States? How many of you have been invited to dine with the President of the United States? For those of you who could say, yes, that's me, I have good news. I have good news for you. God can use you too. That's right. It may take more work, but he can use you. <laughs> Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So God does not choose many wise or no mighty or noble. The wise refers to the intelligent, the brilliant, those with natural wisdom. The mighty refers to the invincible, the powerful, the naturally strong. The noble refers to the important, the well-born, the aristocratic or royal. But these are all just fleshly claims to worth. Wisdom, power, birth. Please note that the Bible does not say not any wise or not any mighty or not any noble. It says not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble. There are some, but not many. God does use some wise, like Charles Ryries of the world, the Chuck Swindolls of the world, the Ken Hams of the world. God does use some mighty. I, I read just this past week that three-fourths of all the NFL quarterbacks are strong Christians. Men like Patrick Mahomes, 
Dak Prescott, C.J. Stroud, Russell Wilson, and Case Keenum, just to name a few. And some movie stars take a strong stand for Jesus, like Kevin Sorbo, Chuck Norris, Reese Witherspoon, Candace Cameron Bure. And God does use some noble, like uh, Queen Victoria or George Bush. God has chosen some wise, some mighty, and some noble, but not many. Well, who has God chosen primarily then? Well, look at verses 27 and 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are not. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Primarily, God has chosen the foolish, the weak, the base, the despised, the nothings of this world. You see, it is not a matter of scholarship. It's a matter of relationship. It's not a matter of ability. It's a matter of availability. It's not a matter of fame. It's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of who you are. It's a matter of whose you are. Do you belong to God? Paul had it all. Wisdom, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Might, he was from the fiercely proud fighting tribe of Benjamin. Nobility, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Paul had it all, but he says he counted it as a dung. Now, Paul is not putting a premium on the weakness of men. Paul is putting a premium on the power of God. Paul is not trying to glorify man's weakness. He's seeking to glorify God's power. We read in these two verses, God chose, God chose, God chose. Three times in these two verses. You know, sometimes we become so caught up in what we're doing that we forget what we're becoming. We get so involved in what we're doing for God that we forget what God's doing for us and through us. God uses foolish, weak, base, despised, no-name people to accomplish wise and powerful and wonderful results. God uses ordinary people in an extraordinary way and brings all the glory to himself. I find this to be incredibly encouraging. Let's look more closely at the descriptions in verses 27 and 28. Number one, the foolish, intellectually. People are considered foolish by the world. Billy's father died in the Civil War just before he was born. He was raised in an orphanage. He played baseball for the Chicago White Sox. One year he batted 356, 14th in the league. He once led the league in home runs and in stolen bases. He was known as the fastest man in Major League Baseball. But Billy took an 80% salary cut in order to work for the Young Men's Christian Association. And he became an evangelist. He was not polished 
He was not highly educated, but God used him. On one occasion, he spoke to over 2,500,000 people during an eight-day crusade in Chicago. His name was Billy Sunday. The Apostle Paul called himself foolish. He and his message were considered foolish by those who opposed him. I was permitted to speak on inerrancy of Scripture before an Old Testament class at Westmore College. A presentation by Bishop McCracken from Europe was presented one day, and I was to give my opposing presentation the next day. The professor and many of the students planned to nail me to the wall. But God used simple Harlan to confound the wise. Professor Tinkling Symbol and Dr. Sounding Brass couldn't understand it. How can it be? God uses people who are considered foolish in the eyes of the world to confound the wise. And number two is the weak, physically. She was paralyzed from the neck down due to a diving accident. She paints with a pen in her mouth. She sings beautifully. And she has a national radio ministry that brings encouragement and hope to millions. Her name is Johnny Erickson Tata. Weak physically, but powerful spiritually. A college campus meeting featured Paul Anderson, billed as the world's strongest man. He demonstrated his strength and shared his testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. A college student came to know Christ at the end of that event. Later, he was asked if his decision was inspired by Paul's strength. No. Well, what was it that caused you to make a decision to trust in Christ? Well, it was George Wilson. Who? Oh, remember, he was a paraplegic who was lifted up on stage afterwards to share a few comments. <laughs> God uses weak people. Number three is the base, socially. People who are ignoble, wrong side the tracks people. A 13-year-old black girl was raped. She gave birth to a little girl that she named Ethel. When Ethel grew up, she came to realize that God loved her. And she placed her faith in Jesus. And she sang for many Billy Graham crusades. Her testimony is captured in the song, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Her name was Ethel Waters. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon is chosen by God to lead men into battle. Gideon, from the poorest family in Manasseh, the runt of the family, and the most insignificant tribe of Israel, it's like God thinks, well, he's just about base enough that I can use him. And God took this nobody, no courage general, and had him take a no weapon, no numbers army, and God got all the glory. There was another man. His parents were poor. His dad had syphilis. His mom had tuberculosis. Their first child was blind. 
Their second child died. Their third child, deaf. Their fourth child had TB. Then his mom was pregnant again. What should they do? Abort or give birth? What would you recommend? Well, they gave birth to this fifth child. They named him Ludwig. He created the following musical pieces, Christ on the Mount of Olives, Credo, and Fidelis Solemnis, all of which expressed faith in God. He composed many of their brilliant masterpieces. His name was Ludwig von Beethoven. You see, God uses the base, ignoble, wrong-side-of-the-tracks kind of people. And number four, the despised, positionally, people branded with contempt or sneered upon by the world. Uh, we see this of David in 1 Samuel 17. David is despised by his brothers and by the men in the army. He's too young. He's too unskilled in battle. He's unarmed. He's just a shepherd boy. But David is willing to trust God. And he's willing to fight Goliath. They're thinking Goliath is too big to hit. David is thinking he's too big to miss. <laughs> you know, what if God gave Israel a giant of their own? And the two giants fought and the Israeli giant won. Well, then it would have been no more than the battle of two giants in which the Israeli giant won. As it was, David openly declares, the battle belongs to the Lord. And so God used a despised, unskilled, in battle, young shepherd boy, and God got all the glory. Does the world sneer at your position, your lack of power, your weakness, your family? God can still use you. Number five, those who are not, are not personally, people who are unknown, overlooked. These people didn't make who's who. They're not powerful or popular or prestigious. They're relatively unknown. They don't make the headlines. Their name doesn't appear in the bulletin. They don't even get to lead in silent prayer. <laughs> yeah, God uses them. God uses them to set at naught those that are. Have you ever felt like you're a nobody? Or like you just don't count? Or like you're unknown? People don't even realize you exist? Let this passage encourage you. God can use you. God can use me. God can use the wise and those that are not wise. God can use the mighty and those that are not mighty. God can use the noble and those who are not noble. God can use the ordinary people in extraordinary ways. It'll take another world to show who the truly great people are, and then the first will be last, and the last will be first. We may know the most famous believers, but we don't know the most faithful believers, but God knows, and he'll reward them. We may know the biggest churches, but we don't know the best churches, but God knows he'll reward them. The Apostle Paul wraps up this encouraging passage with three words of challenge. First, a rebuke to our pride. He says that no flesh should glory in his presence. He doesn't choose many wise or mighty or noble. He chooses the foolish, the weak, the base, the despised, the know-nothings. 
that no flesh should glory in his presence. No one should boast before God. You know, God uses us, and then we begin to get proud. We're like the red-headed woodpecker in East Texas, pecking away at a tree. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning strikes a tree just as the woodpecker strikes it, and the tree splits right in half. The woodpecker backs off, hovers over it, looks amazingly at it, then flies away. A few minutes later, he comes back with ten other woodpeckers. There, gentlemen, he says, that's the tree. (laughs) This woodpecker thinks he split the tree. (laughs) God doesn't use you in light of your wisdom and strength and stature. He uses you in spite of your wisdom and strength and stature. It's a rebuke to our pride. No flesh should glory before God. No flesh should boast before God. Second, a reckoning of our power. But of him, verse 30 says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You see, it's Christ in you. As Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That's where our wisdom comes from. That's where our power comes from. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anything God wants me to do, I can do through the power of Christ. We need to recognize that's where our power comes from. Our power comes from Christ. He is in us, and so God can use us. So don't insult God by saying he can't use you. The next time you're tempted to say God can't use you, remember this. Remember these people that God used. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job lost everything. He went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter talked too much and denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. (laughs) Don't insult God by saying he can't use you. God used these people. Thirdly, a response of our praise. We see this in verse 31. That, as it is written, let he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The psalmist cries out to God in Psalm 115, verse 1, Not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, 
do all to the glory of God. God has a marvelous plan of using ordinary people in extraordinary ways and bringing all the glory to himself. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. We're so very grateful you're willing to use us to make a difference in this world. We're so grateful that you're willing to use us to share your life and love with others. We're thankful that Jesus lives in us, and we pray that he will be magnified through us in our character and in our conduct. We want to glorify your name in all the earth. We want to be fit vessels for your use. We are ready to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being a part of my podcast listening family. If you're enjoying these podcasts, give them a five-star review. Hit that follow or subscribe button so you'll be notified of each new weekly podcast. It's free. There's no cost to you. And I'd love it if you took time to write a brief positive review. You can contact me at harlanbetts at gmail.com. Leave a message on my Facebook page, Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. You can share this podcast with others, share it with the family, share it with your friends. Share, share, share. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, wishing you a great week and God's blessings. I am honored that you've chosen to join me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above.